At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's get ready to rumble! Yo, what is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Woo! Tuesday, another day back at it in the markets, rocking and rolling, ripping and roaring. What is up, everybody? Uh, this is the Power Hour. This is the Trade Idea Show. That's why we spend these 60 minutes together every single day. We want to get some idea flow going. Ideas not just coming from myself, not just coming from my, my beautiful co-host, producer AB, but most importantly, out of the chat. So guys, if you have tickers you want us to talk about, drop them in the chat. We will take a look. Uh, on my list, on my radar for today, uh, we, we want to follow up on a couple of symbols that we looked at yesterday. Uh, we, we, we looked at a Naked Brands yesterday. Uh, we, we looked at a Baba yesterday. So, so those are two follow-ups that I, that I want to talk about. Uh, Ford. We haven't talked about Ford in quite a while on this show. Uh, I, I think that I got banned from saying the F word uh, by the chat. They, they were sick of me talking about Ford. But now that we have a little bit of price action, let, let, let's let's hop back to some of those tickers. Uh, and, and early birds get the worm. I see a, a meta material sticker, MMAT. I see a UNFI. What is that? Unify? Uh, United Natural Foods. Ooh, that's strong. So, so, so we'll get to those ones as well. Um, but all right, guys, without further ado, I'm going to throw my screen up on there, but let's look at, we're, we're doing rippy stocks yesterday. Okay. And, and let, 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 let's keep ourselves honest. All right. I, I said that I was, I was hitting naked brands long and strong, taking it for a ride. Uh, and, and then I said, uh, Vinco Ventures ticker BBIG. It's Bravo, Bravo, India golf. Uh, I was sitting on the sidelines for those were our two rippy stocks yesterday. Um, and so we got to check in on them today. So, so, so naked brands, what we're looking at right now is we're looking at a two day chart. Okay. So we're covering two days of time with this chart up here. Uh, I, I got excited yesterday. Um, after the close, when we saw the stock get all the way up to 94 cents, um, that, that is right around where we called it. We called it to 95. We, we said a dollar's tough, but it's going to get darn close to that dollar. Uh, we got up to 94, uh, but have since pulled back. I sat on my hands yesterday watching this thing move after hours. Uh, I, I, I didn't take any action on it one way or another. I'm still sitting on the shares pretty much at break even from when we talked about it on the show yesterday at 80 cents. My general sentiment is that the ride, the move is more or less done, but I want to throw this one out to the chat, guys. We're, we're circling back on some of these Rickby stocks. Again, Naked Brands, and we'll get to Vinco Ventures in a second here. Uh, if you guys still like the move in Naked Brands, and let me zoom us out uh, here. Let's go to a six-month chart. Uh, well, three months. There we go. It makes it a little easier to see. So there's a three-month chart. Um, you know, we, 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 saw that, that power move upward again, my call is that it's over. If anybody still likes the trade, the, the energy, the momentum, the swing trade, give me the one in the chat. If not, give me the two more or less I'm at. Hey, the, the thing was fun. We had our ride. I, I had the opportunity to capitalize. I didn't, I missed it. I, I let it sit too hopeful for that dollar. Uh, but, I, but I want to see where everybody is at on that one. And then let's go to the other rippy stock that we were talking about yesterday. Vinco Ventures, ticker BBIG, Bravo, Bravo, India Golf. Uh, this one we did at least call, right? Uh, down 10% today. Um, you know, the, the the call on this one was that the momentum had already cracked. Uh, and, and we didn't, I at least didn't like this one from the long side. Uh, and, and you can see uh, from, from where we talked about it yesterday in the eights, we're now down into the sixes. Um, and, and just continuing to see a little bit of pain in this stock on Vinco Ventures. Uh, and shout out to Daniel and Chad in the chat. I see you guys saying that that you don't like the Naked Brands move either. I'm going to throw out the same question. Vinco Ventures, one way or another, okay? No, no, no sitting on our hands. 
Let's get the fingers moving. Let's get the blood flowing. Let's get some participation. Uh, if, if you guys like this stock right now, you would take it long. Drop me the one. If not, drop me the two. I'm curious where everybody is at sitting here on a Vinco Ventures. Again, my, my call would be, hey, I'm just staying on the sidelines. I was on the sidelines yesterday. I will continue to sit there to hang out there. So, all right, guys. Oh, and we got a nice wave of twos on Vinco Ventures. Yeah, we're all on the same page here. Some of the energy's out. Interesting stock. I think really interesting company, right? Remember, this is like the the, the TikTok of India and, and a handful of other geographies. Um, and shout out Maddie Ice. He, he's the one coming in. Coming in with the, that Maddie Ice, Nat, Natty Ice type move. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that the company is interesting. I don't, don't really know anything about the valuation or the financials, but but at least the story uh, of being the TikTok of, in, of, of India is interesting. So I don't know. Per, per the chart, per the energy, per the swing trade, I am hanging out on the sidelines there on that one. All right, guys, let, 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 let's keep it going. Uh, let, let, let's talk about Chinese names uh, and Alibaba specifically. Here's the three-year chart of Alibaba. Here's the one-year chart of Alibaba. Uh, again, continuing to, to see some red. Uh, I I was was bullish or I thought we could do some bottom picking on, on some of these Chinese stocks a few weeks ago. That hasn't played out. Continued to, to be some, some blood red in the streets. Uh, I, I'll, I'll throw this question out to the chat as well. Uh, does anybody have a favorite Chinese stock right now? And if, if, if you're not aware, basically the story with the Chinese stocks has just been uh, a, a lot of headline risk. And, and the headline risk is different. That The headline risk a couple of years ago, if you recall, was always Trump and China going back and forth, talking trade deals, talking whatever, we're not going to cooperate. That was the headline risk in, in some of these uh, Chinese stocks a couple of years ago. The the headline risk that we're getting now is coming pretty much straight out of China. It's less of like this this U.S. China European conflict, uh, and and actually more of a hey China is tightening things down. We saw what happened to Didi. That was that's the stock that's the Uber of China. Um, you know, within three four days of it getting of, of listing as a public company, having its IPO, check this out. One, two, three, day four, uh, it got banned from the Chinese App Store due to security concerns. Um, so there, there's just been a ton, a ton, a ton of uh, uh, you know headline risk coming out of China. The, the the narrative has changed. When when does that end? I don't know. We don't know. Uh, and so, so for that reason, I have been hanging out on the sidelines on some of these Chinese names. Um, I am personally not any now. I, I just asked the chat, what are some of your favorite Chinese tickers? I saw somebody dropped in in, in EGH, E-Home Sir. Oh, God. So one year chart of that one. That is brutal. Um, see a Baidu in there. Uh, LKNCY. I don't know that one. If, any, if it, Mike, tell us what that stock is. Uh, I'm curious. There, there, there's a handful of names I don't know, not a ton, uh, but 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 a handful, and I'm curious. I, I see a Neo Baba Baidu. I see another Neo. I see a PDD. That's Pin Duo Duo. Um, you know, but but again, I, I've been on the sidelines. Another Neo. All right, so we still have a lot of Neo fans in there. Is a JD.com. If I were to do it again, my play would be taking a crack at, at DD again. I tried it once. It didn't work for me. If I was going to do it, I would do it via DD. The, the stock is cheap. It's in the right space. Uh, and, and it's so embedded into to people's daily lives that I think it's a, a, a tougher one to disrupt. And if you think about breakup risk, right, that's one of the, the narratives that we hear about in Alibaba is that there's breakup risk. The company might get break, broken up. You, you have a lot less of that risk with a company like Aditi, who, who essentially is offering, uh, uh, you know, one, one substantial service. Um, Luckin Coffee. Yeah. If you guys haven't read the Luckin Coffee story, do yourself a favor and read that one. That was the stock that was the hottest stock around for a while. It was the the Starbucks of China, basically. It was it was Luckin Coffee? It kept going and going and going. It was a favorite of all of us individual investors. Uh, and then one day, it just got delisted. Um, and and it was a, a matter of years, uh, but before before we heard from Luckin Coffee. So 
it, it's definitely a tough one. If, if anybody hasn't read that story, I think you owe it to yourselves as an investor to read that one and just understand a little bit of the risk that can be in play here. So, Luke, I, I heard you talking about Baba. I know we've talked about a few different ways to trade it. I think what we were talking about last week when we were looking at the you know year and a half out options at about uh, long dated calls one seventy. I think that's still interesting, and maybe we could even um, you know do a trade where we sell some you know say one thirty or, or one forty puts and see if we get any premium from those, and then use that premium. Um, to purchase those long dated calls. So you're getting super long. I sort of like it. It's aggressive. It's aggressive, but I just, I, I mean, obviously we could get I, I some bad. I can't say that I've never sold puts to then buy calls before. Okay. I'm just saying we, we, we could, the risk there is, is like you said, we get some bad news out of China and the stock continues to drop. But uh, you know, with the news that we have out there right now, I don't see this drop in below $130. I, I said that about, you know, like the $170 level though. So who knows? Maybe we'll sit on the sideline a little bit Stock longer. Stock is trading at, at what? What do we say? Like two and a half times EBITDA versus yeah, which I is, think 44 on the S&P 500. I mean, it's a cheap stock. There's no doubt. There's no doubt it's a cheap stock. I, 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 I sort of like your, your elongated call approach. It's it's a cheap way to take a crack at it, and and it's a, a way time. that you know aside. So so say you don't sell the puts to raise capital, and all you do is, is buy the long dated call. What I like about that is you have a very fixed, um, you know, downside. You can choose say like okay, so if we find a call for nineteen hundred dollars, and say that's the most we can lose on this. If we get some positive movement in the stock, um, we get some gamma that could easily double. And say, hey, look, I, I've got, you know, if, if you have that cash sitting around that you're willing to get risky with, I, I think that could be a very good play right now. All right. And and you you have a big interview coming up in a minute here, producer AB. But but let me do one more stock before we hop to it, okay? Okay. I've been good, okay? I, the, the, the chat banned me from the F word, uh, Ford, okay? I used to talk about it ad nauseum. Uh, but, but, but it's back, it's making a move. There's headlines. And so we're, we're, we're not going to skip it. Okay. Ticker Ford, Ford Motor Company F, uh, the re this was our 2021 stock of the year. Uh, every year I, 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 I make a call where I say, this is my stock of the year. I, I throw it up on billboards and, and I stand behind my trade. Uh, we, we bought the shares outright. Plus, uh, we, we bought the $10 strike. 2022 calls. Okay. So, so you can see Ford at the beginning of the year was somewhere in the high eights. Uh, we, we went out and we bought the $10 strike 2022 calls, uh, obviously up on both of them. You know, it's, it's, I'll take a 65% move on a stock like Ford at, at any time. Basically the thesis on Ford at the time when we called it, we, we, we said that the valuation is cheap because we always want to look at the number side of things. Okay. The valuation was, was relatively cheap compared to uh, S&P 500 as a whole, and then also compared to other automakers. And then the story side of things, part number two, we said that Ford was going to be an EV stock this year. We, 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 we had seen all this money flow into the EV names and talking your Lucids, your Neos, your Teslas, et cetera, X-Pang. We could go on and on and on. All the money going into EV stocks. I said, Ford has already told us this year, they're just going to spend a ton of money branding themselves as an EV company. The stock price will pick up from that huge announcement that we got yesterday. Uh, Ford said that they're going to be dropping $7 billion to, to spin up manufacturing in the U.S. So they're bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. and specifically to build batteries and to build uh, 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 the electric vehicles here in Detroit, Michigan, where I am. You can see behind me, Ford's old headquarters is, is, is a few buildings behind me. Uh, they're they're going to be building that electric F-150. So, so, so the, the position that I have on Ford continuing to be long and strong, I think that the EV narrative continues to develop. We've seen several product announcements this year. We're going to continue to get them. We're going to continue to get news about, about Ford investing in EV infrastructure. The market loves EV stocks. That has not changed. It doesn't love it as much as it did in February, but the market still loves these EV names. Uh, and so for that reason, I am staying long and strong forward, both in the outright shares and those long dated calls that I have. Yeah. And Luke, the chart looks strong there. It looks like we've broken past those kind of previous resistance levels of $14. 
um, I, and, and we see that uptrend. So, so do you have more color on the bringing, uh, you know, some manufacturing back to the States? That's not just saying, Hey, we're going to assemble, um, you know, some of our trucks or parts here, like other companies are, are doing or so that, um, the actual production of the batteries is going to take place here in the States. Yeah. Let's see if we can find the press release. There it is. All right. I understate it. It's $11 billion investment. I think the $7 billion might might just be for Michigan. Um, all right, check it out. So 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 we, we have 11,000 jobs going in, in, in Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, and then where is the Michigan plant? We're getting a Michigan plant as well. No, but Ford is like seriously manufacturing. I, I think on top of, uh, you know, that, that that's going to be good for the company. I think it will also, uh, you know, be good for the stock as well. I think a lot of retail investors will will like that about Ford. Uh, and maybe we'll see some movement into Ford. I mean, Ford has been on, on like the Robinhood top 100 uh, owned stocks among retail investors. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but, but obviously a lot of retail investors like to kind of buy stocks cheap. So if they see a $10, you know, $14 stock compared to an $800 stock of Tesla, uh, it looks really good. So I, I like this Luke. I think we should keep riding the Ford train. Uh, we'll obviously be keeping our eyes on any developments and news updates and see just kind of how the stock reacts to those. And, and you're new to Michigan producer AV. Have you seen the Ford Rouge plant? No, I have not. We'll, we'll we'll take a little tour. This was like 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 the famous early like Henry Ford walked around this plant like the dude. The Henry Ford. I still haven't been to the the GM. What is it called? Renaissance oh, yeah. either. So Renaissance Center. That. Yeah, we got to do all that. All right. So 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 we'll make that happen. It's not Sounds as cool today. Good. I sort of like these. You know, the older pictures are cooler. That was my grandpa working right at the there. Ford Rouge plant. Oh, I see him. I see yeah, that guy over there. Yeah, I see the resemblance. Guy. Yeah, there you go. Um, but all right, producer AB, what, what, what? Line us up. What else do we have going on today? Um, so here at twelve fifteen, we have uh, Pete Cherwich coming up, coming from uh, Northern Trust, and then after that, we got uh, Nano uh, Anil D Dewan. He he's the CEO of Nano Vertices. Uh, Hope I'm saying that right. Ticker NNVC, and oh, then after that we got Julian Phillips from Core Core Connects. So it, it, we have a packed lineup. Interviews at, at starting right now, twelve thirty, and then twelve forty-five. Oh, I see Spencer Israel. Wait, I, I have a question. Do Do y'all think Aaron Bree even knows what day it is? It's Tuesday. You all think Aaron Bree even remembered to put his socks on? The it's right Tuesday, match? September twenty-eighth. That, that that was like the worst pitch. Tease I've ever heard for upcoming. <laughs> this is the worst tease ever. Jesus Christ, Spencer! All right, you go take a yeah, crack Spencer, at you do it. I mean, you would think this isn't. You would think he would know who's. No, coming. no, go ahead, Spencer. Come on. I know, I know. I just it's it's the names caught me. He's so excited, dude. Try, I told him he needs to tone it down. If I'll ask Pete. I'll See, I'll ask, I, 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 no, 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 no. I know how to pronounce Pete's last name because I actually researched it. It's Pete Cherowich. Which is mostly what you said. <laughs> Pete? Yeah, that's pretty good. Perfect. So thank you. And you, and one of only a few in this world that get it right. Okay. See, we got Pete's name right. It, Pete Pete wasn't the problem. It was the guys after Pete. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Pete, welcome to the Power Hour. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what, Luke? This is an interesting one. Uh, and 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 I think Luke will, will want to come back here in a second because uh, Pete, what what you do. Uh, at, at Northern Trust is sort of in line a little bit with, with what Benzinga does is you're responsible, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're responsible for the basically the product development for the for the bank, right? And trying to trying to reach new 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 customers. Is that right? Well, that's under me. I actually run all. I run about sixty percent of the bank, so I run okay. all. And so we're we're responsible for custody administration. I like to think of myself as we're the master plumbers, making sure everything works behind the scenes. Got it. Um, I, I want to start with it with this curveball here, only because it's top of mind right now, and then we can get to the other stuff. Um, and if you can't answer it, that's fine. But um, first, 
have you been following the the I'm sure you've been following the the GameStop saga, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I I heard this thing, and I I don't know if you can speak to that because I don't I don't know if I if I believe it, and if I, I don't know how it works. But but you're 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 a banking professional, uh, so you could speak to this maybe maybe not. I heard this thing that GameStop shareholders are taking their share. They're asking their their brokers to take their shares off the exchange, essentially going into cold storage. I had never heard of that being a thing before. And if you're, if you're Fidelity or whomever and your, 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 your client comes to you and says, I want, my, I want you to give me physical possession of my shares, is that a thing? Not that I've heard of. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, people could be asking for that, but that doesn't mean actually it could happen and it's a reality. I've okay. I, I'm going to take your word for it as a guy with decades of experience in the, that you would know more than I. But I heard that and I thought that doesn't sound like it makes sense. You're going to have to go into materializing. So basically, you're sitting there saying, "Hey, all this stock was dematerialized and all electronic. Let's reverse it and put it into paper again." <laughs> that works. Thank you. All right, I knew it sounded something sound right there. Um, okay, thank you for clarifying that for me, Pete, because that's been bugging me for, for like a week now. When I heard that, and I was like, I. And then I saw you on the calendar. I thought, okay, I'm I, I'm going to tee this one up for Pete, and I hope he can answer it because uh, the guy's a banking professional. So, okay, um, Pete, actually, it's a, it's a bit of a strange day to have you on. Um, in in that maybe not strange, but in that markets are right here. Um, so so there's that sort of hanging over us here. Not. Not not that red. Let's be honest with you. Not not that red, but red nonetheless. Um, I, I want your overall thoughts here on on like where we're at in this in in this in this equity cycle. Well, first of all, you got to talk to the investment guy. I'm the guy behind oh, yeah. making it happen. Uh, that being said, we do watch the interest rates. Yeah. And and I can tell you that if I listen to our economics and our our CIO in the organization. Basically, we see no change for the next year through 2020. No change in terms of interest rates. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, there was an interesting report. I think I saw it this morning in the Wall Street Journal, just in terms of banking M&A. And how, I'm sure you've seen this on your, on your own as well, just how hot the sector is right now. There's a lot of M&A deals in banking um, as just a, a, one of the one of the responses to, to, to the pandemic. Have you seen that on your end as well? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we and on a personal basis, we've done more smaller acquisitions. Really? Well, my belief in this world about scale and getting bigger, you don't just get big for big sake. You've actually got to have a strategy behind it. So if my belief is actually doing smaller acquisitions of fintechs or other type of organizations that give you geographical representation, that's a smarter play than just trying to get scale. You can get scale through technology, not yeah. just people and assets. Yeah. So, okay. And that brings up an interest. And that's why I started with by asking you uh, or saying that you were it's sort of involved in the product because as a traditional uh, financial institution, I, I feel like in some respects, your oh, I think we just lost Pete's video there, but I think he's, there he is. Um, your you know companies like like you maybe don't get as much attention for people like me because we're so focused on on, on the neo banks and, and the fintechs, right? So, but you you guys you do that stuff, and a lot of the times it's via the acquisition, like you just said. Um, I'm curious, just your your thoughts right now. Now that we've got a couple of big fintech companies that are publicly traded, right? SoFi, right? Uh, Square. Uh, I'm curious y- your thoughts on on the, the traditional banks to fintech uh, relationship there and, and sort of where, where that's at. Because it used to be like they were on opposite ends of the spectrum. They were competing. And now then they were like, oh, let's work together. And now, like you said, you're doing a lot of acquiring. So th- they're coming together that way as well. Um, Two levels to look at it. Yeah. So- Look at it, the retail space. Then you get into the you know square, et cetera. They're on the retail side, right? And so sure. they're going to end up getting a little more competitive. I right? saw so at the beginning of the show Alibaba, right? Right. Alibaba has an f- unbelievably large money market fund because they just sweep all their money into the money market fund. Right. When the retail side, I think you're going to see those compete. 
when you get into the institutional side, most of the fintechs that are really large actually say, you know what, there's not that much business on the institutional side. I'd rather go off to the retail, wealth management. But for us, there's enough smaller fintechs where we can take stakes in those companies. I'll give you an example. Yeah, please. Just took a stake in a company called Ascension. So I don't know if you're a golfer, if you do anything with sports, but every sports professional, they have a coach, right? They, they sit down, they look at the data and they say, hey, you could do this better, do that better. Do investment professionals have coaches? I'd argue not really, but now this company has written algorithms. They sit down with you, Spencer, and say, okay, you know what, when do you do well? When have you, when have you not done well? What are you looking for? And we can analyze the data and actually give them a little nudges and say, hey, by the way, you said look out for this situation before because you may have a... Yo, what's up? Whoa. Actually, the, the data says that people that have used this system have improved performance by 150 basis points. That's a big number. And it's by coaching. Uh, let's just try to speak a little closer to the to, to the compute to the mic so uh, make it easier to hear um okay so the, you you gave us one example there can you maybe give us a few others of give because that can that might give people some ideas and sort of where where your head is at where your attention's at just in terms of the types of companies or even the services that that you're after yeah so if we sit back from that um that company we're looking at asset managers and asset owners. So for the managers, we're looking at providing tools that enable them to codify the investment process and actually use data to make the investment process better. The days of an, of an asset manager sitting in an office with spreadsheets and then saying this stock's going to outperform, they're going away. Now we want to be able to make that more data analytically driven and actually be able to write algorithms to do behavioral analytics and to be able to sit down and say things like, you know what, when, when a manager has a, um, is I guess convicted on a stock more than others, they, they end up having a bigger point on their performance and they end up doing better. So how do you codify that conviction? There are tools out there that do that. And we want to try to bring those to those asset managers. The asset management business is is an interesting one because the fees are getting really, really compressed. Uh, I saw a great chart the other week. It was from a analyst over at Bloomberg, um, and he looked at the largest uh, ETF issuers, but it looked at the revenue that they make from their ETFs. And so you, you get, you know, everyone knows that companies like Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street are the top three for assets, but they're not the top three for uh, revenue from their from from those assets, um, uh, and I think it was First Trust that that was that was surprisingly high on that list. But neither here nor there. Um, the asset management business, the fees have come down a lot in the last the last decade or so. So, how does that sort of factor into things here? Yeah, I think people will always pay for alpha. So if yeah. I look at, if I look at the wealth client base, the retail client base. They're paying up for long-only managers that provide alpha. That's why the alternatives industry is doing great. Everybody's putting money into private equity. Hedge funds have been predicted to die for years. They're not dying, right? Because people want alpha and people are willing to pay for alpha. People will not pay for beta as they can do a computer program and get beta. That's the difference. That's the truth. <laughs> but now every bank is offering alpha and beta. Well, and you got to balance it, right? Because yeah. all you got to prove yourself with the alpha. There's no yeah. All right. So in terms of Northern Trust Corporation, I, I guess like um, what can you can you tease us on, on one new exciting thing you guys are working on right now? Yeah, I do think it is something that we call a whole office. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to be a platform company for asset managers where we don't have to own the, the fintech. We don't have to own all the technology, but we can, we can, since we have the underlying data, we can provide all of, the, all of our clients, all of these tools. Think of it as a supermarket style. So we're trying to be a platform company for asset managers. Okay. Access to all the cool new tech that's out there. And, 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 and that's the thing we always talk about, guys. I mean, you always hear our, our CEO says it all the time, right? It's, it's the thing behind the thing. Pete just said it. He said they're trying to be the platform company 
for asset managers. That's the thing behind the thing. Absolutely. You know, think of the logistics companies that are worth a lot of money, right? None of you, if you, all of you invest in mutual funds and whatever ETFs, someone like us is behind the scenes making it all happen. That's what we do. Yeah, that, that, I'm. I'm so glad that you just you you said that because that that gets at uh, one of the things that that we try to people like you. We try to we bring on the show for that reason. Um, but we've been on with Pete Cherich. He's the president of Asset Servicing and Northern Trust. Uh, the charts up on the screen. Uh, Pete, uh, a pleasure to uh, to speak with you today. I, I thank you for you were answering my burning question about the custodianship of 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 shares and i knew that i knew that wasn't a thing so uh thank you very much man uh i i'll, I'll we'll have to bring you back on uh another day uh and, and and talk to you again thanks a lot thanks spencer all right um i don't know where ab and luke went they just totally abandoned ship here today i mean i i, I think i'm the only person on this channel sometimes right oh ab is back well i was upset so i left you're what i i'm did i make you mad no, you just hurt my feelings. Was I was anything I said wrong? No, I just sometimes struggle with pronunciations, and instead of you know helping me, you just chastised me in front of everyone live on air. And did. I did. Now my feelings are hurt because you had like all day today to look up their pronunciation names, pronunciation of the company, and, and whatever. I right, how do you how how would you say NNVCs? Uh, so that here's the thing is it's like nano virucides i think but viricide well, I, I don't even think that's a word see here's the thing though is i haven't i'm not going to guess because i i might guess wrong but you should i shouldn't have to guess nor should you because it should be whoever is saying it should have looked it up ahead of time right yeah so i don't know who's on the benzinga account right now but yeah soon we're gonna get uh, i'm gonna shave everything but the stash um and, and We'll see how that look is for the winner. I don't know. Are you doing no shave in November? Dude, that's like so far away for me. I can't I can't think about November. October is in like two days. Thank Three you, days. Chef Remy. Let A B live. Like I'm just <laughs> You guys are too nice. You guys are way too nice to A B, man. Or, or maybe see I, I'm from the Midwest, Spencer. We I would we would never do anything like that, what you did. You're from the Northeast, so you think it's normal to just chastise uh, people? Yeah. Radical candor, right? Uh yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I would just um I guess prefer it off air. Oh my goodness. You guys are Oh, okay. AB, uh, we're, we're running a little bit behind schedule here. You forget that I, I grew up in, a, in the generation that we all get participation trophies. So really, you should be giving me a trophy. for. You should even, have seen my shelf with the participation trophies that I had. Even trying to pronounce. Uh, yeah, really? You got some for... The be- the best was like I don't know if you ever like when I was like a really little kid we I had to do like swim meets for like a couple summers and you could literally finish like dead last in the race and you'd still get like a little ribbon uh huh and I yeah. bet I bet you did come dead last no I was actually a decent swimmer do, do but, we need to get, do we need to get Joel to give you a lesson because we can he'll do it no he, I, I, he I, will I, he will do it for free he will volunteer he will show up at your house if we tell him that you want a swim lesson he I would- asked uh. Joel, where he swims in Detroit because in the river. <laughs> oh man. Oh wow. Thank you, Shelly. She's Shelly's gonna send that clip to HR. Um, All right. Okay, okay, wait. Day. We we we're getting way off base here. We're getting way off base here. I our, our next guest is 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 backstage. I, I'm almost hesitant to bring him on. No, no, no. Okay, hold on. See, Spencer, this is why you got to review the schedule and prepare for the show that I post. Okay. So if you had reviewed the schedule and, and looked at what the agenda was for today, yeah, you would see uh, that my good friend Julian from Core Connects is not supposed to join us till 1245. Oh, oh, yeah. Julian, Julian's early. He threw me for a loop. That's not my fault. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Okay. Maybe, maybe, all right. That was my fault. That was my fault. Okay. All right. I, I, so I'll, we're, I'll we're, own that. we're tied. We're one for we're one. We're, we're, one. we're one and one. I'll, I'll, I'll own that. I saw Julian in there and I, I knew he was coming up and, but, but you're right. Julian. I think, I think maybe, um, Daniil from, from NNVC heard me try to pronounce the company and said, you know what? I'm, I'm not going on that show. That's, so that's totally fair. That is totally it's, fair. It's plausible. It's, it's it, in the realm of possibilities. All right. Uh, Hey, let's uh look at the market today 
Do yeah, we, let's do it. Is, is Spencer, it? I don't know what you got going on, but I, I think you should hang out for when we bring Julian on because it kind of goes along with what we were, were talking about earlier as far as like alt investments. Okay. Uh, so, so it could be an interesting conversation. Yeah. It will be. You could be a part of it if you want to be. Of course I want to be. Uh, yeah. Hey, shameless plug. If you missed our last show, the Alternative Investment Show, we're going to do more of them, but two hours on real estate and private equity and how everyday investors, not just, you know, institutions can actually get oh, access. Wow. I, 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 I've been seeing that people were like complaining about a red day. I didn't know SPY was down almost 2%. If it closes, right, if, it, if the market closed right now, wouldn't that be a bigger red day, at least for the SPY than last Monday? Uh, here, let's go to the SPY here. Ba, 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 ba. I think last Monday we closed down about like one point, one and a half. Maybe I think at one point we were down 2%. And then, uh, you know, we had a lot of buying come in at in the afternoon. I, I want to know what the chat's doing, if they're buying the dip or, or not. Uh, the queues today were down. We're down almost two and two thirds percent in the NASDAQ. Uh, we're down to one and a half percent in the Dow. We're down almost two percent on the SPY. The Russell is probably, if you've been listening to pre-market prep, it's probably our new favorite index. It's taking over the S&P. And the Nasdaq, the Russell is down 1.7% today. Um, so some relative strength against the overall market in the in the Russell. I mean, that's not saying much, but yes. Yes, relative strength compared to tech. Um, I mean, like 0.8%, not nothing. Um, right. Wait, Spencer, shout out uh, Bill Big D in the chat. He's saying, call me crazy. Uh, he bought some Datadog November $140 calls. Is Datadog in that... Um, ETF that you were talking about yesterday that has all the the data centers and, and whatnot. No, no, it's not. Uh, th that ETF that I mentioned is, is SRVR and it only owns, it only it only holds uh, server REITs that have servers. So, so like the physical server rooms, not like the, the actual that are, the actual facilities, not like Datadog. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so uh, Bill B bought the hundred the hundred forty dollar calls expiring uh, in November on Datadog. Yeah. So I like what I like is that you're really close to the strike price. Essentially, yeah. if Datadog erases its gains or its losses from today tomorrow, you'll already be in the money. Um, so you know, I, I like that. The chart, eh, I don't. Know. I mean, I don't. I, I I never like getting in calls on like consecutive red candles in a row. I'd rather see like one or two green candles showing that there's, um, you know, could be like a trend reversal. And I don't mind like waiting for that trend. Like I'm not trying out there to catch any bottoms. I, I would want to see like a, a green candle or two and say like, okay, uh, we're seeing some buying coming in. We're seeing some, yeah. you know, maybe institutions coming in and buying at this price. Um, so, so we shall see. So look, you know, this is the data dog chart. Let's go. Let's go. Maybe let's go back to the spy. Or you can even go to the IWM. Look, the the level that everyone and their neighbor is going to be looking at. Obviously, right is last Monday's low. That's that's the level that matters for right now. And this is the spy. Let's let's go with the IWM, which which I I like more these days, um, which has actually outperformed <laughs> spy uh, relative in the last couple of days, which you can't, haven't been able to say every day. So the IWM is look, it's right there. The low of the day was right there at the fifty day. Always interesting when the moving average is active support or resistance, right? So we're basically right off the fifty day moving average in the, in the Russell. Um, where is NNVC, Michael? We don't know. We can only assume technical difficulties and not that they are blowing us off, but we will keep you guys apprised and let you Michael, know. Michael, I'll tell you where they are. They're at the dentist. <laughs> okay. Oh, They're, man. NNVC is at the dentist. They, uh, yeah. Um, IPOF. I, what, what, I know that's a SPAC, but I forget which one. Uh, Wow. Hey, you know what? If you don't know, this is great. Jerry, Jerry Watkins. Anyone know what's up with the IPOF today? Jerry Watkins, I have no idea. Here's what I'm going to do. You ready? You go to pro.benzinga.com. You sign in. You go to your news feed. You type in. Did I get that right? No. IPOF. There it is. Do we have any headlines in our news? Oh, this is a Chamas, but but what is this? What what is uh, this company like merging with? Is there a, a linked company already? We have no press releases. No filings today. No headlines. Out of IPOF. 
You find nothing. Mitch is right. <laughs> you find nothing. Yeah, he, yeah, that's, I don't know. No, Mitch is saying no rumors out. He's our uh, resident. Well, he, he's our second resident spec expert. Uh, um, there, there's rumor mongering? Oh, there's Discord is the so it, it's it's a Chamath spec. I'm kind of off the the Chamath train. I think if you look at a lot of the Chamath companies over the past, uh, you know, since their peaks, a lot of them haven't been performing well. Obviously, SoFi um, is probably my favorite out of them. Virgin Galactic is decent as well, um, but but a lot, you know, Clover Health has been kind of a dog. I I don't know. I feel like Chamath ha- had his day in the sun. Uh, and Jesse's absolutely right. You guys are asking the wrong guys about the SPACs. You got to ask Chris and Mitch on SPAC stack about that because they are always like a day or two ahead. It's crazy. They're always ahead of of the trend. In- well, here's the thing. So, so they're saying – so I guess Chamath is going on CNBC tomorrow, and people are speculating that he's going to announce the merger, announce the company. Yeah. That doesn't do much for me. You know, like I want to know what the company is first. I want to be able to look into that company and, and see – um, you know, if I like the investment or not, Spencer, the other thing, the other thing I'm, I'm going to throw your Benzinga pro back up on the screen. I'm watching Tesla today. Um, we had Chris Capri on get technical yesterday. And one thing that Chris Capri does that I love is he looks at the overall options flow of certain stocks. And, and that's not like you can't just go out there and Google that data. You know, he, he buys it from, um, Oprah, I think is the vendor. And, and oh, wait, 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 do you say Oprah opera? Oprah, they buy not like not like Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, opera, opera is that what it's called? I, you said I thought it. he said Oprah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he said Oprah yesterday. I don't know. Um, All right, Shelly, he's at the dentist. Should be coming on soon. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, he shouldn't because Ju- our next guest is already is already here. Yeah, we'll bring Julian in a minute. But uh, okay, so back to Tesla. Back to Tesla. Um, Kurtz was seeing a lot of. Uh, calls being bought the weekly calls that expired this friday at the 800 level granted this was yesterday at 2 p.m so maybe they were doing it as more of like a day trade in and out um but he was essentially saying the 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 stock was showing strength um that it was a sign that these 800 calls were coming in that there's like a, a more than likely chance that it hits 800 by the end of the week obviously can get dragged down by the overall market but Spencer, if you if you zoom out a little bit, like maybe on a on a year long chart with the daily candles, we can just see how strong this stock has been since May when it got all the way down to about five hundred and fifty dollars. Um, it hasn't felt that way though. It hasn't felt maybe because we're because we're used to Tesla moving. Because we're used to that. Because we're used to that. Right, and but it's been up thirty percent over the past. No, you're right. Months. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hey, AB, I want to ask you one quick question. Um. And then we'll go. We'll go to Julian here. Um, so Chris Capri saw some options buying, some call buying in Tesla, yep. right? Yep. And 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 that corresponded with like a. You know, this is yesterday. So he 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 was saying that corresponded with this, I, right? I'm assuming. I've always wondered this: when you see big call buying in a stock, and then you see the stock go up afterwards. Is that a case of everybody seeing the the uh, people seeing the flow and piggybacking off of it, buying the stock or bidding it up, or is it a case of the actual market dynamics of the options market maker having to then go and well it, having to then go and and, and hedge their position um, and and buy the stock, or is it both? I've always wondered this. Well, I, I think when we're talking about the options flow, it, it, it's we have to look at like the big players, like what big institutions, what big hedge funds are doing. And I don't think um, that a lot of those are looking and saying like, oh, hey, look, someone else bought a thousand eight hundred dollar calls like we should, too. But maybe they'll see they'll use it in addition to all the other data they're looking at and saying, hey, um, this is a bullish sign or this is a bearish sign. So I don't I don't think it. It's one of those things where it just snowballs because like one person puts in a big order. Okay. Um, but I do think they are looking at that data and saying, okay, like maybe there's 30% more calls than puts. That's interesting. We should look into that or, or, or that should go into our decision-making. Got it. Um, so I, I guess I'm, you know, saying that I think they look at it. I don't think it's like they're, you know, by all means they're going 
just by that, if that makes sense. Shelly says it's both. It's probably both, but I've just, you know, you know, you often see a stock, uh, you'll see first, you'll see like a bunch of big call buying hit the table, and you'll see the stock spike. And then I was wondering, is there just people copying that, that big call buyer, or is it the actual dynamics of the options market and the market maker having to hedge themselves that result in that? I don't know. Maybe it's both. Anyway, AB, who's our, who's the next guest today? So we have uh, Julian Phillips, who's the yeah. chief revenue officer of Core Connects. I'm going to pull up the website real quick. This is a, it's a very interesting um, company. Essentially, Spencer, I, I know we, we talked about alt investing earlier, but mm -hmm. there are these companies out there that you can go to to kind of, uh, you know, purchase shares of companies that are pre-IPO. And essentially what Core Connects does is they allow these companies that are raising money to raise that money directly. So they don't have to go to, you know, a website like start engine. You can go directly to said company's website um, and buy shares directly from them. Um, let me go ahead and bring Julie on. Julian, is, is, is that fair? Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. Thanks for the intro and uh, pleasure to be on the call today. Yeah. I really appreciate it. It looks really pretty where you are. Where, where are you? <laughs> well, this is uh, just a little window. It's up in Toronto. Uh, so, yeah, okay. we're enjoying a little bit of uh, sunshine before the fall weather kicks in. <laughs> so, Core Connects, you guys are cutting out the middleman of an industry that cut out the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in a way, yeah, I guess it's one of the analogies. But, I mean, in the greater picture, it's, it's really the movement began with the democratization of right. private capital markets. Right. And, and so we saw an opportunity, our founders, Jason Fuko and Oscar Joffrey, they said at the time in 2016, Hey, th there's a whole space here where we can actually help these private companies and even public companies in some instances uh, dive into these regulations that the sec has in order to raise money directly from their website. And let's give them the technology to do that. So, so Julian, you mentioned 2016. Why, why was that a significant year as far as the regulations go for, for um, you know, funding? Absolutely. Yeah, great question. It was basically back to uh, the Jobs Act. Um, and so this piece of legislation really uh, spurred on uh, the movement that um, finally took place. And now, not to, to forget that there, these regulations, um, regulation crowdfunding, regulation um, A, those, those type of regulations were in place uh, for you know, probably quite a few years beforehand, but they only really got traction and formalized once the Jobs Act kicked in. And that kind of spurred on the SEC amendments in these regulations in order to uh, raise capital in the private markets. So, so now we're seeing, and as of March of this year, actually, we saw the limits on the, the particular fundraising um, regulations increase. So when you go to fund funding portals, licensed funding portals, like uh, you mentioned, Start Engine, We Fund a Republic, uh, those are funding portals where typically they've raised up to $5 million. Um, Well, it, it historically about $1.07 million and now $5 million. Uh, whereas now in the Regulation A space, you can raise up to $75 million. So it's, it's a space that's growing, attracting a lot of institutional money. Uh, and, and just kind of really allowing an ordinary investor like you and I to go in there, whether you're accredited or unaccredited. What, what about retail money? Retail money is in there. That's that's the you know the the thing that I'm I'm speaking about as well. Is it's an open opportunity to get in on companies at an earlier stage generally. And so here you're 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 looking at companies where before it was only really accessible if you had high net worth or if you had you know that access through you know, a broker dealer or something of that nature so so julian let's talk about the core connects platform real quick sure um so, so essentially right now there's a, it seems like there's a lot of um you know like tools for companies um for partners what, what about for retail investors do you see like a future where retail investors will be able to use core connects directly to maybe find some of these companies that are that are raising money or um what are the plans there yeah. So, so today we're, we remain simply a technology platform. We're built on blockchain technology. So it's really, you know, positioning ourselves to be digital, you know, ready. And, and actually, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of shift to different digital assets as well. But um, the main thing behind it is that at the end of the day, you know, whether it's NFTs or a different type of, you know, uh, investment opportunity, it's a security, you know, a lot of times in terms of what the SEC views it as, it's a security at the end of the day. And 
and we want to position ourselves to be able to handle that security, not only from, um, you know, the investment onboarding process, so the pre-raise, the during the raise, but also post-raise, we're ha- we have the tools now for the investor to go in there, view their shares, have access to an ever-growing kind of roadmap of tools that we're going to be launching on the back end to to look at the their their investments and and when to perhaps you know do you know different stri- strategic moves with them, but also open up opening up a secondary market. So today in the private markets, the the biggest thing that was missing, or perhaps the biggest integration that wasn't as fluid as it could be, was the secondary market. And so now there's an ATS that's you know integrated for the first digital ATS that allows the investor to now have an off-ramp if they need more liquidity for some of these investments that may have taken a five to 10 year horizon to, to do anything. Wait, wait, you, you can't just say our company's built on the blockchain and then not elaborate on that. <laughs> All right, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So our, our, you know, our team actually had always envisioned that, you know, these securities need to move more freely. One of the things that we position ourselves is to build it on um, the Hyperledger fabric, um, IBM's uh, blockchain infrastructure. So today we're operating a private, um, a, a permission-based private blockchain that allows for regulated entities. So when I talk about regulated entities, we're talking about those that are, um, I guess, companies that are uh, regulated by their local, you know, regulatory body in their jurisdiction. So today we have 23 different like blockchain nodes around the globe that help, um, you know, meet the needs of the various regulators in those those regions, but also help to write and and you know write t- uh, to to the blockchain all of the transactions that get posted. Um, uh, Julian, so I'm curious for, from kind of like a macro perspective, have you seen any trends as far as you know, like companies that are raising money, what types of companies, or, or any trends I guess that you see you've been seeing um, you know, through the Core Connects platform? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're seeing more and more um, a lot of innovation in how. Uh, these securities are being structured. So, you know, uh, we, we, you know, real estate, one of these options hasn't, has always kind of been tapping into the private markets for a little while now. And, um, you know, with them, there's different structures of how they create, you know, their, their funds, uh, how they're actually uh, leveraging different incentives and perks. Cause at this stage, different from the public markets, in the regulation A and regulation CF, you're allowed to incent and actually add perks to the investment to to try to attract that investor. And so this is something where across all industries, we're seeing innovative ways of how they're incentivizing the actual investor. Um, an example in cases is, is a, one of our recent um, issuers that we worked with was uh, an an electric vehicle company, they actually incentivize not only with bonus shares, so a, a timed offering where in the first three days they were trying to get as much investment as possible. And so they incentivized, you know, in the first 12 hours, you'd get 55% bonus shares and so on uh, for the first three days, basically. And not only that, they could use perhaps, you know, their vehicle for, you know, once they launched their vehicle lineup, they could have a three, three month lease and, and you utilize the truck for three months. So a lot of cool things like that, of that nature, we've seen with, um, you know, many different industries. Um, The beer industry is another one where you can imagine getting a case of beer on your birthday just because you invested into a company. So, so really cool things, um, just creative. um, And we're seeing trends like that uh, happening all across. Can you tell us who that EV maker was? We sure can. Yeah. So that was Atlas Motor Vehicle. It's in the public space now, like in the public domain. So we're, we can disclose that. But yeah, it's they, they're doing a great job um, out of Mesa, uh, Arizona, I believe. So yeah, great company, um, have a lot of traction. And this is wasn't their first time going to the private markets, but they're now um, you know going out there uh, again uh, to, to raise another round. Um, so, so Julian, I don't know if you're kind of at liberty to say, um, but have you personally invested in any of these companies that are raising money on CoreConnex? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not only when we empower, but just across different um, offerings as well. And, you know, maybe a little bias built in here, but I've seen different, you know, 
flows in terms of how easy it is for uh, folks like you and I to invest online. Some are more transparent than others. Some are a little more clunky. We've tried to remove that friction and really at the end of the day, allow the investor to just you know, input, here's my name, here's my address, this is, you know, who, who I am, I'm uh, uploading my information, and, you know, going to the payment stage and signing of electric doc, electronic documents and submitting their info. And so that whole process for me on Core Connects, you know, that takes like under two minutes, and and then you're, you, you've, you've created the investment. Then we, we have all the checks and balances in place for the broker dealer or the issuer to verify the compliance and then approve it and retrieve payments, uh, their investment. So it's all it's all built in in a nice flow. And from there, me as the investor is welcomed into the CoreConnects platform. I have a you know beautiful dashboard to, to look and, and understand where my investments are and all, all, all the documents that you'd like to see. And it's pretty instantaneous. Beautiful. Well, yeah, we, we were talking about earlier, uh, the thing behind the thing. Um, and it sounds like CoreConnects is trying to be, you know, the thing behind the thing when it comes yeah. to, you know, reggae and crowdfunding. Um, which, which, you know, as we talked about is pretty new as far as only, you know, five years since 2016. So uh, a lot of cool things happening at Core Connects. Thank you, Julian, for, for hopping on with us today. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Keep up the great work and enjoying your, your banter back and forth with all your guests. It's, it's awesome to see uh, you guys growing as well. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to get you back on. Uh, you're kind, but thank you. Thank yeah, you. we'll have to get you back on. Any, you know, you, you can be like our resident expert when it comes to crowdfunding. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and we're not too far from Toronto, so you got to come down yeah. to Detroit sometime, check out the office. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, maybe once... We, we we would love to go visit you, but we're not allowed in the country. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Canada <laughs> yeah, wants to. You are there. now, but uh, yeah, they finally opened no, up. No, no, like Aaron and I oh. specifically are not allowed. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a different thing. Because that's like a real thing. They're going to think we... Yeah. You know, we, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Julian. Excellent, guys. Have a great one. Thank you. All right, All right AB. Oh, um like we may or may not work with some people in the office that actually can't go to Canada. Wait, no, you know about that. People are going to believe it. In all seriousness, uh, the very first time we did a cannabis conference in Toronto, twenty seventeen, I want to say, uh, we and and you know you go to the airport or no, you well, you you land right in Toronto and they ask you why you why you in the country, um, and uh, I forget what they told us, but this was like the day. It was like the week after cannabis was legalized they basically were like don't say you're going to a cannabis conference is basically what is, they don't is, want people coming there just for yeah, to buy yeah, drugs essentially yeah. they, they we, we were advised you just don't say you're you're here for a conference on cannabis or marijuana because they won't like that and i was like, all right i'm not gonna say that um jesus walks on water is saying market crash incoming we talked about this yesterday spencer if you keep saying it Eventually, you Jesus walks on. Jesus walks on water. I'm less interested in whether the market is going up or down, and more interested in what are you going to do about it. Jesus walks on water. It's all right. So, so, you, so you're going to call for a crash, and then what? What, what are you going to do about it? You're going to buy yeah, more. Put, put, put your money where your mouth is. Short the market. No, no I'm, I'm not even saying that. It's, it's, it's what, what is your plan? Seriously, do you have a plan? I, I think, I think that if you say a market crash is incoming. You should be legally mandated that you have to short sell, the market. Sell all your stocks. You have to like buy spy puts. And in that way, if you're wrong, you lose money. If you're right, you make money. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. It's one o'clock, AB. Why don't you go get Neil Hamilton going on, on Get Technical? And uh, we'll end the show today with a trailer for our next small cap conference, which is tomorrow. Wait, real quick, Spencer. We, yeah. we, have, uh, we have Tim Quast from Market Structure Edge coming on Get Technical. Um, and I think today's a perfect day to talk to Tim because we'll be able to go over kind of market sentiment, um, see how, how people are feeling about wait. the markets overall. What time? Don't, out? Leave, don't leave. We, we've got nano varieties here. I'm just kidding. No, we don't. <laughs> Did you say that right? I don't know. Someone said that I said nano uh, vermicelli earlier. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> Yeah, right here. James uh, James Pearson. NNVC was a no show. AB called it Nano Vermicelli and they got offended. That's possible. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh get technical is live right now. Check out our healthcare conference tomorrow. Guys, tomorrow, small cap healthcare stocks. Uh these are emerging companies in biotech and healthcare. Uh we had so much 
interest in this. It's a two-day conference with two tracks. Two tracks, two days. That's four tracks. There's a lot of companies that are going to be presenting tomorrow and Thursday. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.